Hey everybody, welcome back to the second episode of this two-part series with Jolene Wynn. Today we're going to be talking about what to do if the wife is stuck in her trauma and is quote-unquote addicted to the trauma, and how can you rebuild trust in a relationship where there has been betrayal, and whose responsibility is it, and how can you take those steps after there has been a breach of trust in order to fully trust again and have a strong sense of security that those old things that had happened in the past won't happen again in the future. So I hope this episode is helpful and enjoy. Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. And so I want to see if we can transition to this next question here. Again, the way that she worded this was very, uh, I don't know if pointed is the word, but- Very bold. The, yes, right, yes. <laughs> So when the betrayed becomes addicted to the trauma, I'd love to hear your thoughts on just like starting with that broad question. Mm -hmm. I think that that goes back to what I was just saying, kind of it's um, our comfort zone is where our brain likes to stay. It's whatever our brain gets used to. It's like homeostasis, whatever is what we're used to, our brain wants to stay there. So if we're used to a little bit of anxiety, then your brain will want to stay there. If you have become um, comfortable as the victim, as the betrayed, if you identify as the betrayed, if you are comfortable with the trauma, then your brain will want to stay there. Like I said, it's much easier to stay the betrayed and stay hurt than it is to work through it your brain doesn't want to work through it your brain is lazy and doesn't want to work through it it's hard it's not mm -hmm. easy it is you. hard yeah and so your brain wants to stay in the trauma and it's very like i said very tempting to stay there because you are the betrayed and as the betrayed you did nothing wrong you have the villain and then you have the innocent betrayed who did mm -hmm. nothing wrong and it's very very tempting for your brain to want to stay there Mm -hmm. You can almost like they like this, the listener typed in, like she said, you almost become addicted to being that person when you identify yourself as that, when you identify yourself as the porn addict's wife, as the betrayed, it's very tempting to want to stay that way because it feels very validating. I talk about this, um, a lot with my clients is that a lot of times we want to shift the way that we see other people or see ourselves in order to validate how we feel. If I feel cheated, then that means he cheated. This is something that I experience a ton with these women, right? With my clients, even if their husband didn't actually physically have an affair, mm -hmm. they'll say, well, pornography is cheating. And I'm not here to argue that. But a lot of times the reason that they say that is because they feel mm -hmm. cheated. Right. And so they want to change the way they see him and the way they see themselves and their relationship because it validates how they feel. So one of the things that we talk about a lot with my clients is learning that your feelings are valid simply because you feel them and you don't have to shift anything about the way that you see yourself or your husband in order to validate it. Right. I don't have to see my husband as a cheater in order to feel cheated. I can just accept that that's how I feel and feel it and experience it and then let it go. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a that's a huge piece to that. 
because again, just talking about the tactics of that, like just being aware of how you feel and observing, Mm -hmm. because so often it's easy to get absorbed in our feelings Yes, where we don't recognize that it's just an emotion that we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Like we aren't the betrayal, like we don't, we aren't the betrayal. Mm -hmm. We aren't the fear, like, but we can identify with those things instead of just noticing, oh, my bot, like my chest feels tight right now. Yes. My heart rate is increasing. I feel yeah. this emotion flooding over my body. How do I want to respond to this? Yes. What do I want to do? How do I want to like recenter? What is this emotion prompting me to do? Like just being aware of what's going on and aware of how you're framing it, mm-hmm. like you said, gives you an opportunity to then decide where do you want to go? Because if you do see your husband, again, if it's like, well, he's this, you know, bad person, it very, it it limits your options in terms of how do you want to respond to that? If you're kind of in this place of like, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm like you said, if I'm being victimized, Mm -hmm. then I have no choice. I have no option. I'm powerless. I'm stuck in this spot, which like you're describing, there's, there's other ways to look at that and experience it. Not to say that it's like, we're not giving him permission. It's not like, oh, no, husband, you'll go do whatever you want to do. And like, she has to deal with it herself. Mm-hmm. But it, it, there's a freedom in knowing she can respond in a different way, independent of how he chooses to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think that one thing about this, about being the betrayed, it, again, when we see him as the, vi- the villain, it, it's very nice to always want to have a villain. The problem is, is when you have a villain, you always have a victim. And so if he is always your villain and you aren't willing to let that go, then you will always be the victim, which means you have very limited options, mm-hmm. right? You are always at the mercy of his actions. And again, that just leaves you in a very narrow, very negative emotional space. It's very difficult to move forward when your brain is constantly seeing your spouse as the bad guy. That's a hard yes. way to have a relationship is if you have the bad guy with you next to you sleeping in bed. That's not a great, yes. not, a, not, a, not a place that your brain likes to stay. So in, in this question, you know, when the betrayed becomes addicted to the trauma, one of the things that I asked is, or one of the things that comes to my mind, and, and I would encourage all the ladies to ask yourselves this, if you find that you like to identify yourself as the betrayed, is what if you're not the betrayed? Like, what if you let that go? And whatever comes up when you ask yourself that question, all of the objections you have to that, well, what if that means he's off the hook? Or what if that means he doesn't have to do anything? Whatever that is, that is the stuff to work through. And whether or not you keep identifying yourself as the betrayed or not, totally up to you. But it's a really good opportunity for you to recognize what's below the surface, what's going on. Why do why do you want to be the betrayed? And what if you were willing to let that go? And I think it's important to clarify just and I like that you're saying it in this way. It's not that we're saying, oh, just let go of like, just let go of the feelings of hurt or betrayal. It's not that like that's there. Like you have yeah. to that's the part of the work is to work through the effect of mm-hmm. what's happened in your relationship, mm-hmm. but the framing on how you see yourself, I'm the betrayed. I, you know, I'm the victim, like that's that place that you're in. And he's the bad guy. He's the problem. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're trying to say, release that frame. Mm-hmm. You can still have to, you still have to work with the emotion of it, but the framing of how you're like the meaning that you're making out of it. Yes. Can you, can you clarify that and speak to that Absolutely. a little bit more? 
it's just like, how do you feel the way that you talk about yourself, the way you think about yourself matters, it, it changes the way you feel, right? So if you think about yourself in terms of being betrayed, I am the betrayed and I've been traumatized. Those are very intense, um, very heavy labels. And I think a lot of times we don't even consider the fact that we don't have to use them, right? You don't even have to use the word addiction. You can there are so many ways that we talk about things that we've been to. Oh, I had such a traumatic experience. And we don't think about how we tell ourselves our story. We don't think about how the words that we use to talk to ourselves about what's happening in our own lives. And it can be very, very powerful to look at all the words we use and all the labels we use, not only for ourselves, but for our for our spouse and for the things we experience. And to ask ourselves, why do I want to use those words? And am I willing to let those go? Why or why not? And again, it doesn't excuse his behavior. Ladies, I am not here to tell you that your husband can watch porn. I do not think that's okay. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. I don't think it's okay for my husband. I don't think it's okay for yours, right? But what if we're willing to let go of what he's doing and look at ourselves instead? And what happens with that? Now, there's going to be so many objections that come up of, it means, well, if I stop paying attention to him, then that gives him permission to do it, right? Our brain wants to make it mean something about ourselves or something about him or our relationship, but they're just, what if that's not true, right? Any meaning that our brain applies is just our own thoughts, right? So it doesn't have to mean that if you let go of being the betrayed, that he didn't betray you. Right. All it means is that you no longer have to think of yourself that way. Mm -hmm. And that identify with that. Yeah. yeah. I remember as you're talking about this, I remember uh, a study where they had, they had a couple groups of people witness a car crash and the words that the researchers used, they changed one word. They said to one group of people, how fast do you, would you guess the car was going when he ran into the other car? And they were like, I don't know, like 35, 40. They asked the other group of people who saw the same accident and said, how fast do you guess the car was going when he smashed into the other car? Just the one change of like ran into versus smashed, they rated it faster than the other group who didn't, who saw the literally the same accident. And so like what you're saying, the way that we're describing this way that we're framing this really does matter. And unless we're aware of the words that we're using and how we're seeing all of this, we get stuck in this overwhelm versus being able to take a step back, like you're saying, and observe, how am I framing this? What is this? What am I making this mean? How do I want to approach this? Because again, all of this being said, like you're, you're, you're echoing this, his work is important. We're not saying he's off the hook. He, he's not off the hook. If your relationship is going to grow, he has to participate with you. Like he, you can't do this by yourself, but you can heal independent of whether you can heal individually and feel better about you independent of whether or not he chooses to change. And I think, again, with a lot of the people that I work with, the husband is involved and he is wanting to change and he's making steps and he's making progress. So even more so when we can reevaluate how we're seeing all of this, because there can still be room for standards and boundaries mm -hmm. and expectations of this is like, if I'm going to be in a relationship where I'm open and I can be connected and safe and feel truly in love then that's on the foundation of honesty and there isn't pornography there isn't all these things going on like though you can still have those standards 
and expectations for your relationship without framing it in a way that keeps you trapped in like the the pain of it. Totally. A hundred percent. I love that example. That's so good. There's just a power in words. They evoke emotions. And so, and in each person, they're going to be a little bit different. Right. And so again, if you think about yourself in a certain way in relationship to your husband and you, you find that you're hesitant to let go of that label or let go of those words in the way that you talk about it, just ask yourself why and be really curious and see what comes up. Cause that's a yes. good indication of some work that maybe needs to be done. Yep. I think it's great. And just to kind of uh, one last little piece to this, you mentioned a, f- a few minutes ago, again, if the wife were to see herself as the one who's the victim and say, I didn't do anything wrong. Like mm-hmm. I didn't do anything wrong. I think it's in this, in, again, in this, as we're talking about it in this context, like, yes, if he chooses to act out, like, no, you didn't do that. Like you didn't cause that. You didn't do something wrong to make him do that. And so on one level, I just want to acknowledge like, yes, that's true. You didn't do anything wrong to cause right. this. Right. And I think to have again, the label of I'm the betrayed, like this is the heaviness that goes with those labels. And again, the, like the mentality, I, it's, it's, it's a very, like it's attempting to go there and to stay there mm-hmm. because she didn't do anything wrong in right. that respect. Can you speak a little bit to that? I, I don't have a thought totally, fully totally. formulated with that, but. Absolutely. No, it's such a good point because again, our, our brain often wants to make it mean something. It's like, well, if I didn't do anything wrong, then that means that I am the betrayed, right? Sure. And if he's the I problem. Yes. Then he's the problem. If I didn't, if it's true that I didn't do anything wrong, then it means I'm the victim. If it's true that he's the one that's doing something wrong, then it's true that he's the villain, which means mm-hmm. that I'm the victim. Right. And so again, it just is learning how to separate those in your brain and how to say, it's true the how to accept, you know what? I didn't do anything wrong, period. Mm-hmm. And I can just accept that. But that doesn't have to mean that I use that as something that keeps me stuck for the rest of my life. Yes. And I, that's that separation is so important mm-hmm. because you can acknowledge, yes, like you didn't cause him to act out or the way that you, you know, are as a wife or how you look or what you do yes. or don't do. Right. Which is very common for many women in the beginning mm-hmm. to say like this, it must be me. I'm not enough in some totally. way, mm-hmm. but to be able to separate and like, no, I didn't cause this. I didn't do anything wrong. This is his stuff. Like he needs to work through and deal with this. Mm-hmm. And then for her to be able to acknowledge, okay, there's stuff that's brought up. So how do I take this and resolve this within me? Mm -hmm. And yes, if the relationship, again, a big part of what I'd like to do with couples is help them create the kind of relationship that becomes a resource to help with that. Mm -hmm. You want to, you want to leverage any resource that you can, anything that will help you use. And like we're discussing just so often people get stuck in these labels in an attempt to protect themselves, which is not helping them. Mm -hmm. It's even if he's not doing his work, whether he is or isn't, you can find a sense of safety and protection in and of like how you want to be and what you will tolerate and will not tolerate and how you'll, you'll kind of navigate that situation. Like I've worked with people in the past where they say like, if I don't pay attention, if I don't watch, if I don't check in, then my fear is that he's going to do it. Like, then there's Uh this like cover of, you know, Uh (laughs) any, any thoughts on that? Yes. This comes up so much. And what I want to say is that it's 
very tempting. We want to be part of the solution. It's almost like our brain as the wife wants to be responsible a little bit for his behavior. And that's what it's doing in a really sneaky way is our brain is taking responsibility for his behavior a little bit. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I'm just going to monitor it. But if I don't, then he'll slip up. Well, that's us taking responsibility for what he's choosing to do, which is very tempting because we want to be part of the solution. Because there's control there, right? We, yes, we want to be powerless. It's a false yeah. sense of control. And it's <laughs> right. very sneaky. And it comes with all the well-meaning yes. in the world of like, well, I want to be a supportive wife. And he's too embarrassed to tell anybody else. And so I need to be his accountability partner. And I want to support him in this. And those are all really beautiful thoughts that are just masking this desire to have kind of a hand in it. Because our brain thinks that if we are a part of the solution, then it'll there's somehow something that we can do in order yes. to help him yep. which again beautiful thought but you actually have zero control or responsibility over what he chooses to do which is very again it puts a wife in the early phases of this like in the early phases of understanding this it the fear is like well then i'm powerless then i'm just going to keep getting hurt mm -hmm. like if i'm not doing anything and if there is no, like, if he's not doing anything to address this, and if I don't know about it, then I'm just going to continually be hurt. Mm -hmm. Any, any thoughts on that? Like that objection, that fear? Absolutely. Well, like I said, as we were talking earlier, you're going to feel hurt either way, whether or not you are monitoring his cell phone. If he chooses to act out, he will. And whether you're monitoring his phone or you're not monitoring his phone, you're probably going to feel hurt probably going to be disappointed, probably going to be upset. And that's okay. Um, but one thing that I always tell my clients is that um, with this false sense of control, one of the reasons that we want to be involved is because we think it'll, if we, if we had more information, then we would feel better, right? This is something that our brain really likes. Our brain thinks that if we just understood it, then we would feel better about it. If I just know what he's watching, mm -hmm. then I'll feel better. If I just know, um, and I've had so many clients that have gone and looked up the porn that their husbands have been watching because they think, yep. all right, if I just knew what he was watching, I will feel better. If I just knew what he likes or how often, or where was I, or or what were, what were we doing? And when was this? And when did it start? And all they, they have so many questions and they, their brain thinks that if they just knew all the details, then they would feel better about it. They, if they just understood it, they would feel better. The problem is, is that you can understand something logically. It's not going to make you feel any better because those are two separate systems. We have our logic and then we have our emotion and they're separate. So even if you understand it logically, it's probably not going to make you feel any better about it. And that's one of the things we want to do. It's one of the temptations of wanting to have a hand in it is that we think that if we just knew what was going on, then we would feel better about it. It wouldn't hurt as much. And yet that's never, ever mm. the case. I know. And I just think about, maybe this is the last thought we can touch on here. This has been so like tremendously valuable. I really, truly hope that the people who are both men and women who are listening to this get some ideas and direction about how to heal. Because again, I can tell like you have this heart to serve and care because you've been there. You know how painful this is and you found a way to find a sense of freedom and feel better regardless of what's happening, right? You guys are in a, you're in a place where your husband did do his work and he is yeah. in a better spot, right? And mm -hmm. so I think it can give hope to for people to know like they the wife doesn't have to suffer all the way through 
right. and just feel stuck and in pain and hoping that he does his work. There's, there's a separation that can happen that you can both heal yeah. or she can heal if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And the relationship can heal as you guys are both coming together differently. So I guess the last thought that I had was I can again hear a, a wife say, well, how do I know that I can trust him then? Like if I'm not watching him, if I'm not paying attention to what he's doing, how do I know? Like, how can I trust him if I don't know he's not acting out? And I guess the thought I'll share my thought on this and I'd love to hear yours. I think a part of how like the better measuring stick isn't the phone records. Cause I, again, I've had, I've, I've worked with so many people where they'll like I've heard, I've heard like almost everything. Right. And maybe you have as well. It's just like, you've heard like every strategy, everything that they've done to try to make this like work. Mm-hmm. It's like, if a wife gets a hold of the phone records and says, I'm going to go through everything. The husband says, go for it. And then the wife goes through everything and then discovers there's nothing, there's nothing right. nefarious happening. Her thought isn't like, Oh, okay. I'm safe. It's like, yes. you became better at hiding it. Yes. Where else do I need to look at this? Right. There's, the measuring stick isn't the outward like the absence of acting out. So in order for her to start to develop trust, you're going to feel something different. Yeah. If he's doing his work, you're going to feel him being present. You're going to feel more and more like he's mm-hmm. connecting with you. You're going to feel the transparency. You're going to see him interacting with you differently, with the kids differently. He's going to show up in a different way, mm-hmm. which you can't do. Like you can't sustain like lying and deception and like i i remember this this story always sticks in my head i started working with a couple early on and they did not come in for addiction but they came in for more like more just relationship work and as we started doing like just a few sessions they were connecting with each other in a way that they hadn't in the past and then he came to me individually and said like i can feel us growing closer but there's this glass ceiling inside of me because I'm holding a secret. I had an affair prior to us getting married and she doesn't know about it, but I know that I can't, like, I have to tell her cause we cannot go any further. I'm not going to be able to get any closer to her because there's this thing in the way. Mm-hmm. So you can't have both. Like it's not sustainable. Eventually the truth will come out mm-hmm. and you'll start to, especially as you're doing this work, right? It's like, as you start to pay attention to and feel the difference and notice what you're like, focusing on how you can come together in a different way. Like you will notice when uh, I'll share with you another quick little example. I got an email from a client today and uh, the wife's before he said that he slipped, she said that she's like, I saw the way that you spoke to the kids. I saw how you were interacting with me. Didn't really want to engage, pulling back, being more short. She's like, I just knew Mm -hmm. I knew you slipped. And then like a few days later, he told her, it's like, those are the kinds of things that are the better, better measuring stick of whether or not you can trust is how do you feel as he's doing his work, as he's showing up in that way? Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Absolutely. I love it. I love this topic. Um, again, it goes back to the idea. We have this idea that trust is earned and that's all kind of based on the idea that your trust is based on another person's behavior. Um, and what I want to offer is that his behavior does not create your trust or your distrust. Um, again, just in the same way that his healing doesn't create your emotional healing, right? Him not watching porn doesn't create your emotional healing in the same way that his behavior can't change the way that you feel. Trust is a feeling. I feel Like I trust him or I don't trust him, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes we think of trust as something that just happens to us, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, well, I did trust him and then he lied and now I don't, 
right? It's almost as if it's not our fault or we had no part in it. It's like a hundred percent their behavior dictates whether or not we feel trusting toward them, right? Mm -hmm. However, trust is something you can choose. This yes. is something I do a lot with my, we do a lot of trust work <laughs> with my <laughs> clients because what happens when you choose to trust or not trust, you can do either one. Yes. And I've done both. At one point I chose not to trust my husband and it was very uncomfortable because I didn't want to not trust him. I felt like that was not, not, you know, indicative of our relationship. And I felt bad about not trusting him, but it wasn't until I acknowledged that I felt that way. I tried to convince myself out of it for years. No, I do trust him. He's a great dad. And he's wonderful. He, I, I trust him in all the other areas. And it wasn't until I said, you know what? I can't think my way out of my feelings. I can't convince myself that I trust him when I don't. And I had to accept that I didn't trust him in that moment. I didn't feel trusting toward him. I felt distrust. Mm -hmm. And I had to accept that that was okay. And I had to let go of this self-judgment, just like I was talking about earlier, and not make it mean anything about me or him or our relationship. And just acknowledge that it was an emotion. I feel distrust mm -hmm. toward my husband. And compartmentalizing it into one little area was super helpful to say, you know what? I trust him in all the other areas, but I don't trust him in this thing. That's huge. That's okay. Yep. And giving yourself yep. permission to not trust him in that thing. But then also recognizing that there is nothing he can do in order to make me trust him again. That's a choice that I'm going to have to make mm -hmm. because he can do just like we were talking about, like he can do all the right things. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to trust him. I could just think he's just getting better at hiding it. Or I could just think, you know what? You lied to me for years and I'm just going to not trust you forever because you don't deserve it. Right. That could also be my thought. Sure. So you deciding to trust or not to trust your spouse is something you have complete control over. And that's a tricky thing because it brings up a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings. So unless you know how to work through your thoughts and feelings, it's a very sticky place to be. But but I, but I want to offer that, that that is possible and that it's okay to choose either one. Yes, totally. Because again, if you, if you see that he's not engaged, isn't caring, doesn't try, you're going to probably say, I'm going to choose to not sure. trust in that. Like, I don't want to get close to somebody who is not, you know, valuing our, our relationship in a way that can help me to like get close. Like if you're, if you're actively being hurt by somebody you might stay in this position of like, I'm going to choose to not trust this. Sure. Right. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. You're just, just the acknowledgement of that. Mm -hmm. And what are your thoughts on, this is maybe the last question then. Do you feel like it's important for him to be engaged in doing things that can help provide evidence mm. for her to make that decision to trust? Because I agree. I think trust is a choice. Mm -hmm. And so often women are afraid to make that choice until they see evidence, which makes mm -hmm. sense, right? Sure, so do you totally. feel like his contribution and providing that evidence can help give her more evidence to say, yes, I'm going to make the, tr the, the choice to trust? It's a good question. Um, I think his behavior is irrelevant. Not that it doesn't matter in that like I hope he treats you like garbage right That's right, not right what I'm saying but like but in, in terms of of providing enough evidence that you 
could then feel better about trusting him, that's when I mean it's irrelevant. And here's why. It's because like we were saying, he could do all the right things and you could still choose to believe that it wasn't enough. Sure. And so that's why I mean, like you have, that's why it's so important for women to do their own work, to get to a place where they are capable of deciding no matter what he's doing, deciding whether or not they want to trust him, no matter what he's doing, Mm -hmm. decide simply because that's how they want to show up. And that's what I ultimately had to decide. I had to, I decided that I was going to choose to trust my husband, knowing that he could lie to me knowing that I might get hurt because I wanted to be a wife who trusted my husband Mm -hmm. and I was willing to do it because that's how I wanted to show up. Not all of my clients make that decision and it's totally fine. But the point is getting to yourself to a place where you are acting independently of of him, where you are choosing how you're going to show up no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that might choose to not trust him. That might, that might look like not trusting him. That might look like trusting him. That might look like healing on your own, no matter what he's doing, because you have to separate yourself from his behavior and understand a hundred percent that yes, you can be affected by his behavior, but his behavior is not dictating the way that you live your life and the way that you show up in the relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think this is. Uh, I maybe we can have another. This is like such a big topic, right? It so is. That's it's a huge we can revisit, topic, right? So because uh, <laughs> again, I I think yeah, this can give people choices because I work with a lot of people where they say, I want to know and see that he's changing in order for me to choose to trust him again. Mm-hmm. And I get where you're coming from. Even if he does those things, it's still her responsibility to make that choice. Like yes. even if he shows up, if perfection were possible even if he showed up perfect perfectly right she would still have to choose to accept his efforts and decide to give him her trust and so yeah i mean i think there are different schools of thought i can totally see where you're coming from where regardless of what he does or doesn't do how does she want to show up does she want to trust does she want to feel uh, a certain way towards him i think yeah i can totally see that and i think the other school of thought is how necessary and relevant it is to actually build that evidence. And that's the, I, like, I totally believe that it's so critical for the husband to demonstrate trustworthiness and for him to show her that he really is different so that it's so much easier for her to make that choice, knowing and having evidence to support, hey, I can trust again and I'm not just gonna get dropped over and over and over again. He's not gonna be perfect, but you can have a sense of trust that he's committed and trying and getting the tools and working through things and making changes. It's almost like, I don't know, I have this analogy where, or like an image in my head. Imagine being on the second story of your house uh, and the floor underneath you just gives way and you fall through the floor and you get badly, badly hurt when you hit on the first floor from the second floor. And then the contractor comes in and says, all right, you know what? Um, I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen anymore. I'm going to reinforce the floor. I'm going to do all this stuff. It's completely understandable if the wife or if whoever falls to the floor, goes up and says, okay, like, show me what you're doing. Because what just happened? How did that happen? Why did the floor just give out? I need to fully understand what is going on here so I can have a, uh, so I can have a sense of knowing what happened so I know that this isn't going to happen again. And then how are you going to reinforce this to make sure that it really doesn't happen again? And so I just imagine 
the contractor going around the room as he's building it and saying, see, look, this is what I'm doing here. This is what I'm putting in support here. There's beams here that weren't there previously. I'm approaching it like this, doing this, where you're being walked around and shown this is all of what's different. So it isn't some blind like, well, he said he's doing better or he said this is not going to fall through again. So I, I guess I'll just have to like believe that that'll happen. I'm a big fan of that approach of him showing the changes and saying, this is, what, this is what was missing. This is what led to this. This is how I'm addressing this. This is what I'm doing differently. This is how I'm thinking now. This is what I feel now. Like there's so many different areas that he can show change and build that confidence in her that it is okay to trust that she's not going to fall through that floor again. And so <clears throat> having evidence of change is, in my opinion, critical. And I think that's true because it really is a decision. And this comes back to what we originally started this whole podcast off with. Despite the evidence, if he could show up in a in a perfect way, if that were even possible, no matter how he shows up, she still has to make the choice to accept those efforts or not. And I think that's where it like the work is on her side. Work, I don't know if work is the right word, but like that's her decision to accept or reject those efforts. And that's something that he cannot do. He cannot make her trust him. I think he can demonstrate evidence of trustworthiness and show the change, but ultimately she has to make that choice or there won't be any progress in that particular area because she is involved in it. She has to choose to take that step forward. But in my opinion, I want to make it as easy as possible for her to make that choice by showing all the changes. And then her being able to step into that and accept like, yes, is it possible that it could happen again? Well, yes, I guess anything's possible, but given the overwhelming amount of evidence that things are different, it helps to reassure and create that security of like, nah, like, sure, I guess it's possible, but like, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's in a different place because of X, Y, Z reason. It's easier to take a step forward when you have, when you have that supporting you. Mm -hmm, totally. I think the thing that stands out to me the most in this is that it's our interpretation of those actions. It's what we're making those actions mean, right? If I see him do the dishes and engage with the kids, then that means that this is important to him and therefore I can trust him, right? It's all the meaning that yes. we are applying to his actions, to his behavior. And so that's why I feel like it's important to get to a place where you are making that decision completely independent of that interpretation, because you could also say, yeah, he's trying really hard, but I think he's compensating for poor behavior. Maybe he's just, yes. cause I've seen clients do this where yep. they say, you know what? He has been so involved and he has been like Disneyland dad and been amazing and done all the right things. And I'm pretty sure that that's because he did something he wasn't supposed to do. And now he feels bad about it. Yes. Right. Totally. So it's I, yep. All our interpretation of the behavior, which is why it's important to get to your own place where you say, you know what, do I want to trust him? Yes or no. And just own it. Yep. Either way. And then if you want to work on changing that, if you're like, you know what, I don't trust him right now, but I do want to, which is where most of my clients are. Then we work on that. Okay. Well, why don't you let's talk about it. Let's see what's coming up. What's preventing you from trusting him. And then we work through that to get them to a place if they choose to do so. Yeah. Man, it's, this has been so, I, I've loved this discussion. Thank you very much for being on oh, with me. Again, there's me. like so many pieces to this and there's so many nuances. So I can hear people saying like, 
<laughs> yeah, but this and I, I what totally. I would love is like send us an email, send an email. Okay. I'd love to do a follow up episodes and to clarify. I've discovered that it's so hard sometimes to to do a podcast. There are some topics that I really hesitate tackling on the podcast because there's so many nuances mm-hmm. and there's so many uh there's like there's no room for follow-up like if i were right. to say this thing and, and a wife says well what about this then it's like oh yeah that fits by looking at it like this and you can yeah. address like it's so hard of the podcast because there's so many different ways that people can hear this and say like mm-hmm. wait what do you mean how could she have said that i know when <laughs> it very well could have fit exactly with her world it's like no that those her objection and how she's speaking there's complimentary like there's a way to navigate all that it's just so hard because you can't like clarify it in real time you know so if there are questions i would love to have people reach out and say like well what about this or how do we apply it to this situation or how would i make it work here what would that mean for me in this situation just so we can make sure that we're addressing you know as much as we can because i know this is it's just it's a tough situation there's lots of pieces to it so I want to just, again, thank you for being here. Where can people find more out, more out about you if they want to get some help or support or resources or tools? I'd love to have you share a bit about that. Absolutely. Well, they can always go to my website, jolenewin.com. And that's where I have all my coaching information and free events and things like that. And then I also have a podcast, which is called The Porn Addict's Wife. And I release episodes every single week. And I'm on Instagram at Coaching, And I have a book coming out on September 6th. And I'm so excited about it. And it'll be available on Amazon. So if you go to my website, jolenewin.com, you sign up for my email list, then you'll get an email on the launch day with like the link to go buy it. And that book is called The Not Enough Wife. And we hit that so much in this podcast is feeling like you're not enough in some way. That's what this book is about is if you feel like you're not enough as a woman, right? As a wife, not sexy enough, skinny enough, smart enough, Pinterest enough, whatever it is, um, we all feel a little bit like that, that we're not enough in some way. And most of the time what we do is we look around us in our lives to find evidence of that, to try and fix it. If I lose weight, then I'll feel better about myself. So this book is all about why we look outside ourselves, what's going on in our brains, how to stop it, and how to learn how to generate it from within. So I, I would encourage everybody to check out her work. She does phenomenal work with clients, podcasts, resources. That's so exciting. Congratulations on the book. Thank That's you. something I've not done yet. I thought about writing something, but it's uh, it's got to be a big project. So I, I hope people check that out as well. So thank you again for being with me today. I'd love to have you back at some point. There's just so much to discuss. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sam. Wait, before you go, I'm offering free access for my podcast listeners to a course I created. So make sure you go to coupleshealing.org so you can get some tools to start the healing process individually and in your relationship. Or if you want even more support and you'd like to work with me directly, you can contact me with the info that's on that website as well. I'm excited for you to make progress on your journey.